Welcome to the VP Live Network. Your 30-second countdown has begun. This show is intended for adults of legal smoking age, and as such, the content is not intended for viewers and listeners under the age of 18. Vapor's Place is in no way responsible for the opinions of any host on the VP Live Network. Please grab a vape, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hi. How are you? Oh, let me look in Mixer. Hi, 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 everybody. How are you? Um, sorry I wasn't here last week. Um, just to piss you off right to start with, I will not be here next week either. Don't say I didn't warn you. Um, I have real life stuff to do. Okay? Just letting you know. I know. Oi, I, yeah, but this is, this is good real life stuff, Mike, so there's that. Um, so last week was a shitty week. Um, this week is a, is a shitty week. Um, we lost somebody in my family very young. Um, so yeah, that, that sucks balls. Um, so I have, I just, just have this question. And by the way, guys, the phone lines are on. Um, I did manage to get the phone lines to go live this week. So they're on. Um, what is what has happened that social media has taken people and made them tactless, uncaring, miserable assholes to people? And and I don't and I'm not just saying this because it was on one of my family's posts. I've noticed this all over the place. Um somebody passes away and the family posts the death notice or whatever and um so that they can let people know who what where when and you know what things are going to be going on. And 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 some douchebag has got to come up with oh, what happened. Well, here's what happened. They fucking died. That's all you need to know. They died. If you don't have something caring to say to the family, just shut the fuck up. Seriously. It's got to be the rudest, most... Ah! Drove me freaking nuts. So, and Andrew's going to call in, and, and Andrew, I don't know if Andrew, I don't think Andrew wants, wants, uh, 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 I don't know if he wants to listen to my rants, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get all of my rants out beforehand. Okay. Juice vendors, e-liquid vendors, e-liquid makers. Okay. I understand that pretty girls and pretty guys sell your product. I get that. I understand that. I don't have a problem with that. Unless, see, you knew there was going to be a catch, right? All of you people, you knew there would be a catch. So there is a catch. If the the beautiful young lady with the gorgeous tattoos, and I do mean that, she's a beautiful young lady with, with some really gorgeous ink, okay? And I like pretty tattoos as much as the next person. Don't stand in front of a fucking swing set and take the picture. Please. And if one of your customers 
send you this picture because you know, hey, look, I'm holding out a bottle of your juice. Pay attention to the shit that's in the background of this picture. And you know what? I have had no less than five guys message me and tell me, well, you know, until you said that, I didn't even realize there was a swing set there. It was a swing set. <laughs> With as much save the children as we have been under lately, do you honestly think that this was a good idea? We don't need that shit. We don't need that anymore than we need. And, and who, who the hell thought that it was going to be a good idea for guys to stand naked in front of a mirror and take a selfie of them blowing a cloud in front of their junk? I wish... I was kidding. I honestly wish those last two things were not true. But they are. These two things need to not be a thing. We are our own worst enemy. Um, and so, you know, I, I am very sad that Tuesday night was the last Inside Vaping episode. Um, it, it bugs me a lot. I really enjoy those gentlemen. I enjoy the show that they put on and I enjoyed the information that they put out. I wish more people had tuned in, uh, listened to what they were saying and spread it around, um, Jerry, Dane, Dagger, Ed, um, y'all are stuck with me as friends though, so there's that. Um, but you made me feel really bad. <laughs> Tuesday, I felt really bad. It was it was very depressing listening to those guys uh, say farewell. Um, I am I am going to miss them a lot. Um. Yeah, and and I agree. Uh, Duro says in the chat that what was worse was that they left disenfranchised. Um, Duro, I'm I'm with you on that. I completely agree with that. They have been trying to get a message through people's heads for a very long time, and they honestly felt like they weren't accomplishing anything. This makes two vape shows that I really enjoyed that are no more because they didn't feel like they were accomplishing anything. Um, Kazi and Basil Ray and Sensafield did Vape Link. Um, I, I really missed that one too. But I, I have to say that I can almost understand, not almost, I can, I can completely and totally understand that they felt like it was an effort in futility. I get it. Believe me. I get it. 
We are our own worst enemy. And if you don't think that vapors aren't their own worst enemy, spend an hour on social media. I have started unfollowing people left and right. A lot of them I have unfriended because of the just the stupid shit that we say and the stupid shit that we put on the internet. Um, Dane had mentioned the advocacy talk that they had last weekend. And that he felt it was, you know, um, the and, and there's been numerous people on social media who have all commented on how um, there should have been less cursing. It's not appropriate to a wide audience. Well, I can agree with that. Because this show is mine. And I talk on this show how I talk in real life. And if people can't handle that shit, they don't have to listen. But I'm also not speaking at a public venue where there was media present. I am probably the most socially unacceptable and inept person on the planet. It's part of the reason I hermit a lot. I know who I am. I know how I am. And I don't expect any of that shit to change. If my shows get an explicit rating on iTunes, which they don't often do, and I still cannot figure out why, um, I'm fine with that. But again, I'm not speaking at a public venue with media present. If people think that the way I talk and the things I say are detrimental to vapors and smokers in this industry, let me know, guys, because I'll stop. This only happens one way. The only person I know how to be is me. Now, there was a webinar today. There was, uh, who was it? Dimitri and Tony did one today. The FDA webinar yesterday was an absolute disaster. If you haven't listened to this thing, make sure that you don't have a single fucking thing near you that you value that is breakable. Because you will most likely pick shit up and throw it. It was that bad. Oh, Andrew's here. Hello, young man. How are you? I am doing just great. How about you, fine <laughs> young lady? Did Did you listen to the entire webinar yesterday? Actually, yeah. I just 
caught, I just jumped in and heard your, the end of your last statement, and I said, ooh, I hope she's talking about the FDA webinar. I am. Yes, I wa- unfortunately watched it live, including all the five-minute-long commercial breaks where they gathered their thoughts and probably laughed about us. I... <sighs> um, it was probably one of the most depressing things I've ever witnessed in my life. It was bad. I mean, I I, you know, I started the, watching the it and stopped just, several I, times just to calm down. Our our fate is in the hands of people that do not understand anything about what they are regulating. That's what people need to understand. I mean, these all the public appearances of the FDA have have made that pretty clear. Uh, they have no understanding of our products, of our industry of how consumers use these products or anything like that. And it's unfortunate because they were, you know, handed the, uh, the gun to shoot us with, I guess. It's kind of scary. Well, no, it's, it's flat terrifying is what it is. And I mean, and it's, it's because, I mean, how, how is it that, People, and I guess, I don't know, because I wasn't into politics and government at all before I became a vapor. Not at all. Me neither. Um, And now I know way too much. I know enough of it that it just absolutely scares the shit out of me. And I stand around thinking, how the hell do people not know this shit? How do people not know this is how this works? And the general public doesn't. You know, everybody wants to think that the government is there to to protect them and to keep them safe. And it's just not the case. It's nothing but an a very good example of cronyism and chasing no, a absolutely. buck. Absolutely. And what you have, I mean, I assume now that this is what you have across all of the associations that you know the regulatory bodies and all of those other areas of the government that are just basically you know by place bureaucrats unelected officials that are drafting legislation essentially and they can't actually draft legislation because that would be against the constitution you know what i mean these these unelected bureaucrats in the fda can't write a law but they have been given the authority to essentially enforce their own law through um, you know, just wrecking businesses or wrecking whole industries or just, you know, any way they can they can come at your rights without actually having Congress make a law, there you have it. You know, I'm sure it's not it goes probably far beyond the FDA and the EPA and the, the and the organizations that we know about. But, but you know, Congress has given is, them um, the authority to to actually make law. Um regulation is law whether anybody wants to say those two things together or not um it's the actual fact you know the fda wrote all these regulations and congress is going to stamp them go sure they're all righty there we go and we have again a bunch of people who are not elected telling us how we're going to live our lives and the, and the majority no of the population, yeah, about. and the majority of the population is fine with that. Oh, okay, sure, okay. And you they, know what the sad part is, they don't and, even and know I what hope it is. that you know, 
I, I know we, we talk a lot in the industry about calling your congressman and spreading the message and all these things. And, you know, we'll probably get to some of that here tonight, but, um, what's really important is that we let the government know that the FDA has no clue what's going on. And if you can somehow get the message through to your congressman or your senator or anyone who really has any power, um, you got to let them know that the FDA didn't do their homework when it comes to public health. And they certainly didn't do their homework when it comes to the economic impact and those two things are very important in the, in this whole scheme. I mean, um, we're starting to pick up some steam with the media and with, you know, more politicians, congressmen and senators for that very reason, because they're looking at it and they're saying, hey, now, wait a minute. You're telling me they have 500 pages of regulations and there's no science? There's no, um, no actual data about how many, how many businesses will be affected and how much tax dollars will be lost and things like that. And, and, and I'm pretty we sure, just don't you know, know that, that message is something valid. that's going to be really strong if we can keep working on that. Yeah, and for them to sit there and say, well, we just don't know. So you're going to regulate this industry out of existence because you just don't know? Well, air, air you know, the leading cause of death is being born. Are they going to ban births? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they, they just don't know is ridiculous. And by the way, a couple of weeks ago, you did a fantastic interview on the local news. Well, thank you. And did you see where I, I messaged you uh, that day or the next? No, it was the next morning. Um, about the really shitty story they did? Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck is this? So one day they have you on, and they get actual information. And they put out an unbiased story. I mean, they weren't pro-vaping, they weren't anti-vaping. And the very next day, they start spewing out bullshit. Yeah, and that's how it goes. You know, um, some of the ability to get a, a positive or even a neutral story is having the right person doing it, you know, and um, I've gotten pretty good at this and I have some media training under my belt now. So that really doesn't hurt. But um, what's really important in that story, you know, I, I still only had two lines. You can only say so much in two sentences and I don't get to pick what two lines they pick. But what's really important is when you get through to these people like I have, and this isn't the first time I've talked to this specific reporter, which is why, probably why it was favorable she's already kind of gotten the message you know what i mean and um what's important is that she tells the story sort of from my perspective and you know even though i only got two lines in the thing this girl's sitting there in between my lines telling the rest of my story that i told her you know what i mean and that's what's important she really put out the message and she also put out the message that you know people are concerned about children and these other stupid things that that make it you know just seem I hate that. I hate that every story is like, oh, well, it's, you know, you can't sell the miners anymore, and it's labels. Oh, really? Because I'm pretty sure all our labels already have nicotine warnings. And in addition to that, um, we have minor laws in like 48 of the 50 states right now. So stop saying that that's what it is, and start telling people that it's prohibition on the fucking industry. Can you do that, please? 
But no, no. Every time you hear somebody talk about it, and even the FDA themselves, they try to make this out that it's nothing but labeling requirements and bans to selling to minors. And that's not it. And I have said this and I have screamed it over and over and over again since the FDA started talking about trying to regulate us. This is, this is, okay, if that's all it was, was protecting the children, which, by the way, is their parents' job, and labeling requirements, this entire industry would support that. If that's all it was, we would be in support of it. Do they honestly think that we are not organizing all of these rallies and all of these social media campaigns that we take part in because there's more to it? Mm-hmm. If it was just those two things, those two things could take up one page and be done with it. It's the other 498 pages of bullshit that's the problem. And they don't The real care. problem is, the real problem is that what this industry needs, what, what smokers need is for our government, now that they've decided to regulate these products, we need them to take a fair and scientific look at these products before doing something crazy. Because I think what's important for people to realize is the Tobacco Control Act was originally put in place to put big tobacco in their place, to put the big giant thumb down on that entire industry and say, okay, here's the deal. We sued you guys, and we took a bunch of money, and we agreed that we weren't going to ban you, so we're going to put our gigantic thumb down on you with these regulations that say if you ever want to bring a new brand of cigarettes or if you ever want to bring a new, um, you know, change the formulation of your, your patented brand or anything like that, then you will have to do a process called the pre-market tobacco application or get a pre-market tobacco approval. And that process was designed to never let new products come to the market. It was designed purposely so that the only way that tobacco could bring products to the market was through a strenuous process of decades at some point and never even giving approvals. You know what I mean? So that process was all set up to basically ban not smoking products, but to ban smokable cigarettes and stuff from evolving into new products and from coming out with new stuff that would attract new people and all that stuff. And then their solution after years of studying vapor products, our breakthrough technology that has already helped millions and will continue to go on just as it was and grow, they're taking that and saying, oh, you know what? We'll just slap that big thumb that we put on tobacco right on these things. And then we don't even need to look at it. It looks like smoking. It reminds us of smoking. Let's just put that same big thumb down on them and let's do it so crazy that they won't even be able to keep the stuff that they have on the market on the market now because we're going to just jam their very oblong-shaped peg into this nice circle hole that we already created for big tobacco. That'll work great for them. Well, and you know? then you've got and, all and of the these state the, governments. And the has the nerve to say there's, that 98.5 or 99% 
of all the products will be removed from the market, and they're okay with that. They're sitting around a round table laughing at us, and and it's it's seemingly there's nothing that we can do about it. You know? That's discouraging. What really throws me for a loop is the fact that state governments are amending the term smoke to include something that is, by scientific definition, not smoke. Yes, okay. and, and what's unfortunate is, well, I guess there's a, there's a good and a bad to this. The good is the FDA deeming us as tobacco products is an economic standard, if, if you will. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a part of the economy rather than an actual law, like I was saying earlier. So when they deem us tobacco there, it doesn't necessarily automatically put vapor products under all of the existing tobacco laws because those are laws. But it does make it very easy for the state governments to use that as their argument to pass aggressively push all of their their legislation that they've had written in some cases for years ready to go ready to ban it publicly ready to tax it ready to you know ready to take advantage of of their lost tax revenue from people smoking cigarettes so what happens is i i I fear that if we don't get this tobacco product uh deeming away from us in some way, then the states are just going to pile up all those bills that they already have sitting on a desk, and they're going to say, well, the FDA said they're tobacco, so this one's signed, this one's good, this one's good, just going to vote them all through. And in a matter of you know a few years, you're going to have taxes across all the 50 states, and you're going to have very aggressive legislation that discourages people from vaping. That's the problem. You know, I, there, There's different levels of legislation all throughout this, and we're going to be dealing with this for decades before they figure out how they want to do it. But I, we just need them to understand that when they take any kind of legislation and they put it on us without having it make any sense or without having science behind it, all it's doing is telling people, yeah, you know what, I better, I better keep smoking. They keep coming after that vaping stuff. By the time they get done with that, it's going to be proven that it's just as bad as smoking. And while, you know, while studies are proving that it's, significantly reduced harm, the public perception is going the opposite direction, where the average non-smoking person is like, yeah, you know, vaping's probably just as bad as smoking. That's horrible. And the the horrible thing is, too, is August the 8th, um, that's the 90-day mark, people, um, in case you have been living under a rock. Um, That day, there isn't a vendor a manufacturer or a retailer out there that is going to be able to even tell somebody their scientific research that these are 95% safer. That's going to be illegal. You know, they, they can't even offer that information up. And it just floors me. And with every piece of this, like that, for example... They have the nerve to not even give us any real specifics on the scope of that. You know what I mean? Like, are we allowed to tell people that vaping is not smoking? They're two different things. 
We have to be able to tell people one thing, the thing that we're selling is not the thing that you have. Are you telling me we can't tell people that because that's a modified risk claim? What world are we fucking in? What is going on? It's it's absolute craziness. And and here is the other thing. Um, and this is something that I want. You are way more in touch and up to date with all of this than than I am. Um, and I will freely admit that I am I am not. Um, I am not even what I would consider an advocate. Um, I try to stand up for my right to vape and for smokers' rights to still have that there. But I am not what I would consider an advocate in any way. Um, but, and here's the thing, and this just keeps kicking around in my brain. Part of this regulation says that, I mean, because all the, there's a lot of people out there that think that, oh, I'm a retailer. I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. And I worry that that is not actually the case, Andrew, because in this regulation, it says that even retailers will be required to have a tobacco reseller's license in their state. And when I'm going and I'm reading the requirements and I just pick four random states and the four random states, and I picked Pennsylvania, of course, because I live here. All of these regulations for this tobacco retailer's license say that the products that they're going to sell are also required to have a license for that state. So, and and once you apply for this tobacco retailer's license, if your product doesn't fit in the laws that they have structured already, these states are well within their rights to say, well, we can't give you one because that's not under our regulation yet. And we're not going to write regulation on that until the federal government decides what they're going to do. Well, I wouldn't be worried about that because I think you could get a tobacco license and not even have tobacco yet or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think most states are going to be like that. It did lead me to believe on the FDA webinar that they don't have the authority to to force you to get a state license. But, again, my state, New York, the one of the two bills that they're aggressively pushing – along with the public vaping ban, the public use ban, is um, the shop registration piece. And I'm assuming, I, I know a little bit about other states, but there's a lot of states out there and, you know, there's a lot of things going on. So I'm not positive what every state is pushing right now. But I know a lot of the states already have shop registration or are pushing shop registration. And the FDA needs that for their enforcement of of these regulations, you know, I mean, they don't have the boots on the ground like they claim. That's local enforcement. They said so themselves. That's yeah, because Mitch Zeller, that state, state authorities, that's maybe police departments. I don't really know how far their arms go, but they can kind of. They don't need. You're not going to have like federal government people coming in for compliance checks or for um, you know ID things. It's going to be your local officials. But the problem is, they don't know where we are. You know, and, and I think to an extent a lot of the numbers about vaping and stuff are drastically skewed because 
they, we don't even know, they don't even have any track on us. We don't have any, um, you know, economic codes for our industry for like, for taxation and credit card companies and all those different areas of like the economy. Like we basically don't exist. There's been this running joke, like where the wild, wild west will, it's really like that, you know? And the, the, the thing is that the marshals were coming. We've known it for a long time. We had these deeming regulations right in front of us and they finally dropped and they're worse than they were what, what we saw two years ago. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's not looking so good for any type of pathway to market through these FDA regulations, in my opinion. Well, first of all, um, I'm sorry. I, we we kind of jumped into this, and I wasn't listening to the beginning of the call. So I want to thank you for having me on. Oh, well, uh, thank I know you, we joked, we joked between us that, you know, this should have happened a long time ago, and truthfully it should have, but maybe, you know, we'll have to do it more often. But um, I didn't get a chance to hear what the beginning of the show was or how you introduced me. But, um, you know, when I'm doing something like this, especially with you, I, I just want to say like, this is, this is my, these are my opinions and I am very connected, um, you know, with, with a lot of what's going on right now. But, um, realistically and factually, I know about as much as what you're seeing publicly from Safada or from the other organizations. Um, a lot of what's going on is speculation and um, it's it's kind of scary because we're all speculating on something that, in my opinion, we're never going to beat. You know what I mean? I think the, the point that needs to be made here and everywhere is that there's only two pathways, and those pathways are not through the FDA with substantial equivalents back to products in 2007 or through million-dollar applications with the pre-market tobacco. The two pathways are through Congress, which is the FDA's bosses, and we need to figure out ways to make the FDA's boss come down on them hard and tell them that they didn't do their job right and put them in the corner for a few years while maybe the industry helps the real government figure out how to regulate us. And if that somehow doesn't work, if we can't get support from the Democrats, if the, if the fix is in from you know big pharma donations to campaigns and we can never break through that, then at least we have the right to be smoke-free. And the right to be smoke-free is the legal fund, or I'm not sure how you word it, but it's the kitty that everyone is now being advised to put their money into if they think the best bet is to sue the FDA. And suing the FDA is not only something that's already going on, but it's something that's going to really um, be a problem for the FDA going forward over the next couple of years if not hopefully sooner, because um, there's a lot of people who have been hoping that the uh, the regulations would come down and be a little bit lighter, and now that they're not, those people are ready to um, fund the kitty and make sure that we can sue the FDA and take care of this business before it affects you know future generations of smokers. And that coalition is amazing to me. I was very, very happy to see that. Um, I've been telling people for a while that our only two avenues of survival were Congress or the courts um, because it, it's painfully apparent. Um, you know, we saw the deeming regs when they went to the OMB and OMB sent them back and said, these need to be clearer. And what happened? It grew. 
it doubled in size and became an even bigger discombobulated pile of shit. Um, I don't think they wrote it alone. I think they had uh, several other agencies help them write it. And I think that's why you, you read something in it. And then on the next page, it says almost the polar opposite of what they said. Um, I think they intentionally wrote it to be confusing. I think they intentionally wrote it so that they could have it interpreted any way they wanted it to to be interpreted. Um, they they meant to, to quash us. And I think part of it is that they sat there and they got such a black eye over the master settlement agreement because, you know, they were stupid and they allowed the tobacco industry to have this huge say in how that was written and how that was worded. And they're still trying to save face over that mess. That when it came to something new, which we are, we are something new, they didn't, they wouldn't give a shit if we were a million times safer than smoking. They wouldn't care. They want to give the public the perception that they are saving everyone. When in fact, they're helping people die. And nobody realizes it. They don't see it that way. You know what? I think a lot of people in this are greedy. That's clear. Mm-hmm. We don't even really need to get into the who's and how's of that. A lot of people in, throughout all of this process from the top down are greedy. And a lot more people who have helped to push this agenda are just not informed enough. And, and in some cases, we may never be able to break through to those people. But I feel like there's a lot of public health officials out there, and there's a lot of people who are speaking out against vaping for the same reasons that you see everywhere, whether it's the children or it's the outdated stuff from studies that were done on Sigalikes from 2012 or, or earlier. You know what I mean? Um, I think if we could break through to more of those people, we might have a we, we might have a better voice of reason, you know, from the inside out. But I just feel like there's a you know there's a hundred different opportunities w- where we could have educated different sectors of the population along the way, and those might be you know not necessarily lost opportunities, but where we really wasted time in the last couple of years because we couldn't get enough activity, we couldn't get enough people going. You know, not everyone is a is an advocate and and, and if you're not in the industry then there should only be so much expectation from you as someone who simply found vaping and loved it you know what i mean and if you want to be passionate and you want to go further with it and you want to get into the vaping community and go to meets and you want to really like get into vaping that's great if you want to help support vaping that's even better but at some point like um i just think we're starting to see the beginning of the real industry support that we always should have seen all along. And um, I, I, to an extent, I'm thankful that Safada exists. You know, and I don't want this to, like, come across as a promotional thing because I'm a Safada guy or anything like that. But, I'd like, I mean, my, my story is that I was one of these knuckleheads 
who was just having fun with my passion, helping people every day, and, you know, not really caring about what the future was. And I didn't get involved in this until the local government started cracking down at our level like two years ago at the county level or a year and a half ago, whatever it was. And, um, you know, it was like, oh, boy, all the vape shops around me were cool with. I got to be the guy to get everybody together and go out to these public hearings and really, you know, ring the bell and tell them about vaping and we're going to save the day. And the fact is, we lost. And, and I got to tell you, um, you you being seeing you in a suit we, really know, threw me for a loop. Changed the law, and at the end of it, we lost because we weren't proactive. We weren't out there telling our politicians what vaping was. We were sitting back waiting for them to come and pass legislation, and then you know, the fight was up. It was it was toast. Yeah, and. It, <laughs> And Mitch Zeller, Mitch Zeller himself, um, has has made some acknowledgments about vaping and and turn around and did what he did, which just floors me. But let's let's let me just ask you, okay? Because like I said, when I listened to the FDA webinar, I four different times had to shut it off and go do something else because if I listened to it anymore, I was probably going to start throwing shit and. The Surgeon General seems to be woefully ignorant on the entire subject. And I'm just sitting here thinking, how the fuck is this possible? How is it possible? Yeah, but you know what? What you were saying earlier about um, how you became political because of vaping. You know what I mean? These guys are political. And I think to an extent, they don't have to learn about vaping if they just get rid of us. You know what I mean? It's a lot easier than being political and then having to learn all about vaping to figure all this stuff out. You know what I mean? And we're kind of on the opposite side. Where we are, you know, where we, we all got more politically active and we're learning more and more each day about how the government works, especially how it revolves around vaping. We need them to be doing us the favor in the opposite direction, like looking at what's going on here and looking at what they're doing. And, you know, I mean, like I was saying, I, I, once we lost at our county level, my only option was to say, okay, I got to figure this out. I got to look to the trade, the trade groups. I got to get involved here. I got to help the rest of the state because this happened in my county, so it's going to go to other counties. And that got me active. And what that really did was it, it lit a fire under my ass to learn the stuff about our industry and to learn the stuff about the government and how it relates to our industry. And that really, that's become a powerful tool for me, but you know, not, not everyone is going to, going to jump in that hard. You know what I mean? Not everyone is going to, going to go that crazy. And the fact is over the past like two, three years, as things started to look really gray in the horizon, you know what I mean? A lot of people were still sitting there with their heads in the sand. And they were kind of weighing their options, and they probably knew they should have got on board, but they were just like, I don't know, let's see what happens with the FDA. And now that everything's, you know, now that the future is pretty clear and it's not looking very good, the sun's probably not going to come up tomorrow, you're seeing a lot of people flocking to Safada, and you're seeing consumers flocking to Kisa by the tens of thousands, you know what I mean? Safada has gone 
has grown a few hundred members just since the FDA regs dropped. And uh, I think the truth is a decent chunk of those people were previous members of Safada who now realize, oh, my God, I can't believe I, I fell behind on that. I got to get back in the game. I got to pay my dues. I got to do my part. And, you know, I mean, you probably heard us say it eight or nine months ago at least, but we were telling people, like, you guys really need to join the trade groups. If you're a vapor and you care about it, you really, really should join Kata because that's the only way you're going to know when there's a public hearing that you should attend and tell the world your story, you know. And it's the same thing with Safada. We've been telling people, if, if you pay your cable bill and your electric bill and your gas bill for the shop when you open the doors every day, you probably should pay your Safada bill. It's not even that expensive, and you're doing your part to make sure that the industry isn't going to go away. And here we are, you know, almost a year later after us saying that kind of shit, and the industry is going away. I am, um, and the thing that, I don't know, it it bugs me on a daily basis that, I mean, I check out of social media sometimes. There, There's enough, I've had enough. It's like, okay, I'm at my limit for the day. I'm done with this horse shit. Because I sit and I still, all over the place, people going, oh, well, I think... If I do this, I'm going to be okay. Well, if I do that, I mean, all these people are looking for workarounds. And yep. and workarounds are not going to save anybody. And that's my personal opinion. Um, it, it And I'll say that again. It is my personal opinion. You people can look for all the fucking workarounds you want. It is not going to save you. If you if you seriously want saved, then get involved in this fight. Um, that's your best bet. Sitting there with five other yeah. vendors trying to figure out, well, you know what? Well, we can just do this and we'll be fine. No, you're not fucking going to be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? No, and you know what? I What I like to stress whenever we get into workaround loopholes, however you want to refer to it, ways we're going to get around it, what you're really talking about is, um, if not the black market, the, the complete gray area. And you're not going to... Even if it even if it even if it pans out that zero nick vape shops are untouchable by the FDA, which in my opinion is yet to be determined, um, uh, it, it's they danced around it a lot on the webinar yesterday. You know what I mean? They could have been a lot more clear in their answer, and the way they answered, they kept saying, hey, "Well, yeah, you know, right there, da 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 da." Next thing you know, it was like five minutes later, and they didn't really even tell you the answer. But <laughs> they said a lot of shit, there, and none of it was does an answer. Anyone out there think that a zero nick vape shop is going to help push this harm reduction game that we have all that we are all fighting so hard for? Like, I I hope that the reason people are fighting for this is because we all care so much about vaping and we love it. I mean, if we're not, then whatever. I mean, if there's a lot of people that are fighting for their businesses. But Kassan's got like almost 200,000 members or something like that right now. That's a lot of people that don't have a stake in the industry, and they at least signed up and they, they, they stay active so that they can help. You know what I mean? That's a lot of people that care about this. And the reason that those people care about this product so much is because they still know people who smoke cigarettes. And they've tried with a lot of those people and they can't get through to them, but they certainly don't want to see this thing taken away for future generations. And I don't think I need to even ask you what your opinion is on what the smoking rates are going to look like over the next five to ten years if they take vapor products completely off the market like, like it's looking like. 
You know, it's going to be the largest increase in smoking in the history since they ever tracked smoking because they got rid of vaping. Yep. You don't need to ask me because I'm, I agree with you. I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, and, and when I share advocacy posts and when, I mean, I, I begged people, um, non-vapers, um, smokers, everybody, um, to sign the, to fill out the CASA form uh, about the predicate date because it's the general public that we need to understand us as much as the government because part of our problem is our image and the perception that people have. Uh, and, and that has been a big thing against us. I mean, there are people all over the place on a daily basis that say, oh, this woman by me at work was vaping and I got palpitations. You fucking what? She might have got palpitations, but I'm pretty sure it was psychosomatic. That yeah. would be my best guess is it's psychosomatic because this country and all over the world, people have been programmed to, th- to think that smoke, it's bad. And because it looks yeah, you know like what? smoke. The, sa- the sad reality is those of us who've been around for a really long time. Are you calling me old? We could have done it. But no, I mean in the vape game. But yes, I'm calling you old in the vape game too. So either way, you take it how you want to. <laughs> I'm still a young strapping lad who's a geezer in the vape game. So I, however you want to look at it. But, you know, those of us who have been around for a long time, and I, you know, I jokingly call CJ and I pioneers in the vaping industry, even though we've only ever had one shop. We had two shops for like six months and someone threw bricks through the windows on the new shop and it wasn't doing so well anyway. So we just closed the place. You know what I mean? And we've had failures at trying to expand our company, but the bottom line is we own one vape shop that's successful and it has been since the beginning of time in the vape game, basically. And the fact is those of us like that, especially in the industry, we could have probably done a lot better at educating people along the way and, and, and not even about, like, oh, the government's coming for us, you know, not anything like that, but we probably could have done a better job of teaching people that they need to be courteous about vaping, that they need to treat it like it's smoking, because people are going to look at this and see it as smoking, and if you want to be able to take a few puffs in the stall in the bathroom without having to worry about it, then you probably shouldn't, like, be blasting huge clouds in the aisles of Walmart because that's going to ruin it for people who haven't even found vaping yet. You know what I mean? But even if you, even if you use fantasy land scenarios like that, where, you know, we taught everyone, right. The bottom line is when you first start vaping, even if you're a dual user and you're vaping here and you're smoking there, you are proud of the fact that you are vaping. And one of the things me and CJ used to tell people back in the day on our videos is like, dude, if you vape, be proud about it. Don't hide that in the closet. Don't be a closet vapor. You know what I mean? Don't tell everyone that you don't smoke anymore and then, like, vape on the side. Don't do that. Let people know that you vape because there's a lot of people around that, around that know smokers, and they might, you know, they might find hope in that, you know? My mom. Be, be proud about vaping. And what that kind of turns into sometimes is 
holy shit, I haven't had a cigarette in 10 days. Look at me. I'm blasting clouds inside of Walmart. Yay. You know what I mean? Like, it's part of, like, that whole proudness is that it just explodes everywhere. You want to you vape everywhere. Well, you know, it, it, I don't know. To an extent, you know, I'm, I'm not even, like, I'm the kind of guy where I understand public use bans, especially why they would be so, like, aggressively pushed. But the fact is they have no place in this game. And it seems so naive right now or, or childish or just pointless to talk about a public use ban when the FDA just put the regulation prohibition ban hammer down on us. But a public use ban, you know, it it, it almost makes sense to your average like public person. Like, oh, we got to just ban that. We don't want people blasting clouds in Walmart and, and vaping in restaurants and things like that. But the only reason that they put public use bans in place for smoking cigarettes was because it was proven to be harmful and even proven to be harmful at the secondhand level. So I'm not saying that we need to have vaping everywhere, but I'm saying that should be something that's left open to the business owner's choice. And especially when we're talking about workplaces, I think it's fair to say that if I own an office or if I own a bar or if I own any type of thing, a small retail store, if I see the the opportunity to, um, you know, have more productive workers because I don't have to give them extra cigarette breaks and other things like that that are just common sense, or if I just happen to have looked into some of the stuff going on and say, hey, you know, vaping is significantly less harmful and there's all these studies that show that, you know, there's no secondhand effects indoors and stuff like that. Why shouldn't I be able to have my debt collectors sit there and vape in their cubicles instead of them all having to group up every 50 minutes and go outside to smoke a cigarette? Well, and right? as I mean, a business owner... fair that they tell people to do that. Yeah, and, and as a business you know, like owner, I, said, I think it, that should be a business owner's decision. And then you get these people that go to these hearings and say, well, but we don't want that. We don't want to have to tell our customers no. You know what? Suck it up. You started a business. You knew when you put your money on the line to open that business that you were going to have to be an asshole at some time. If you don't want people vaping mm-hmm. in your store, then you tell them they can't vape in your store. But if you want to allow it in your business, then you should have the right to allow it. It has not been proven harmful firsthand, let alone secondhand. Yep. Um, I, I just and, think and I'm, is, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, not... Unfortunately, as a business owner, I won't be able to even say any of this stuff after 70-something more days. You know what I mean? Yep. Because I'll have to be nervous. Like, I mean, r- right now, I'm, I'm, I'm Andrew from Vapor Trail, you know? And like I said, I'm, I'm also, um, you know, I also have the connection to Savada, but... This is this kind of thing, especially with your show. This is my opinions. You know, what I mean, this is how I feel, and this is this is my me. It, the reason I'm on this show is because I'm a business owner who's about to be put out of business. So realistically, you know, the things that I've been saying about reduced harm or even vaping is not smoking, I might not be able to come on your show in three months to say those things because someone might be watching me and they might be listening to what I'm doing, and if I'm out there promoting my business as they would probably perceive this interview, then I can't be making any, any risk modification claims or whatever they're saying. You know what I mean? And it's all just, it's all bullshit. It's all complete and utter dog shit. And the fact that they don't even know what they're talking about and they're happy about it is a disgrace to, to everything that I grew up knowing about this country, about the great America that was, you know, 
so much better than anything the world had ever seen for for eons and eons. Like America, home of the free. Like bullshit. Do you want to know? Bullshit on all that right now. I have to tell you this story because this is this is rather comical um in a in a sad sort of way but it's it's rather comical my mother um who is never going to listen to this podcast so i can tell you that she turned 71 in april um so Mm. my my mother is not a spring chicken my mother is a dual user when my mom is around me she vapes when my mom is around my dad who quit smoking three packs of cools a day overnight and gained 150 pounds who also is never going to listen to this podcast so I can tell you how much weight he gained um, because because I wouldn't ever say that um, where he could hear it um, because yeah it's my dad Um, so my mother vapes around the two of us when my mom's around my sister who chain smokes my mother still smokes her cigarettes they live in Lake Wales Florida in the winter they are uh, they are your postcard snowbirds in in what Jan would call the waiting room of the dead. Um, and <laughs> do you know that my mother uh, it was it was raining and so she was in her her Florida room, uh, which is what you know most people would call a lanai. Uh, only Yankees call mm-hmm. them a Florida room. Um, and, uh, somebody stopped by for coffee and this older woman said to her, Donna, you just really, I, you just need to smoke your cigarettes because those things, those electronic things, they're dangerous. And my 71 year old mother had to explain how less dangerous they were. And who finally came into this conversation and cleared everything up was my father, my dad. And my dad calls my e-cigs my pacifiers because I always have one. But when I smoked, <laughs> when I smoked, I always had a cigarette in my hand, though, too. I was smoking over two packs of cigarettes a day when I quit. And quitting was a complete accident. But my dad had to be the one to explain that and clear it up. And when when 71-year-old couples have to explain logic and reason to people, we have a public perception problem. We have a huge public perception problem. Yep. We need to educate the public as much as we need to educate our elected officials. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What strength does your mother vape? 18. Okay. Here's my recommendation. This is the old school pioneer trickster in me. Is she, is she still a dual user? Yes, because she likes to be. Oh. No, that's cool. That's cool. This is just something that has worked with a lot of my customers, especially in the older demographic who are very attached to their cigarettes. And we often get away with this when we um, will we'll throw someone a free bottle just for them to try it out because, you know, we, we used to be able to give away free samples. Now that's going to be gone in 70-something days. But often we'll say, hey, you know, if you're still having the occasional cigarette here or there, especially if you know when you smoke cigarettes, we'll just 
throw that per, that 18 milligram person a bottle of 24 in their favorite flavor, and we'll just say, you know, what we call at Vapor Trail we call it the stress mix. You don't vape it all the time. You don't need it, but if you get it in your head that the only reason you want a cigarette is because it delivers nicotine better than vaping. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like we we've gotten people, and I I, I do it to myself to this day where I often, I mean, I always vape high nicotine. I'm usually on 18 or 24, but I usually am on 18. And when I'm having really bad days or after the FDA drops, for example, I've been on 24 for the past three weeks. You know, I think for the older generation, they, they're, they're the type of people where they're like, okay, here's my brand of cigarettes. I know what I like to smoke. I smoke that and I just smoke more cigarettes if I need more, whatever, whatever that works out. It's all in their own mind and it's easy with vaping, for some people, myself personally, after, you know, over over five years since my last cigarette, um, I still have to bounce around with my nicotine strength. I can't, it doesn't work for me right on one because it, it's too strong for me one way and it's not strong enough for me the other way. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. No, no, no. Just, that's, just that's, yep, that's not the case at all. Um, I've even... We tried 36, and she knew that was too strong. We did 24, and that was too strong. She is happy with the 18, but you have to understand, my mother is not a dual user because she can't quit smoking. My mother is a dual mm-hmm. user because she doesn't want to quit smoking. She is 71 years old. She started smoking when she was 10, 11 years old. She was getting paid for babysitting and packs of cigarettes. My mother enjoys the ritual of smoking she Mm -hmm. has done it 80 percent of her life and her her thing is i'm not dead yet yeah my mom vapes around me because i vape my mom vapes around my dad because my dad quit smoking of course my dad my dad is what the typical ex-smoker worse than any non-smoker yeah you know? Oh yeah, he bitches. Oh, does he just light a goddamn cigarette? Well, you know, yeah, it's funny. Here, here's the thing, and I don't mean this to be disingenuous at all, but like you said, she's seventy-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventy-one. She's lived a full life. Yep. You know what I mean? And and she may live to be eighty-one or ninety-one or a hundred and one, and that's fine. But you know, you're always going to have that person who smokes cigarettes until they're a hundred and one, and gets to give the big middle finger to everyone else saying, see, I told you it wasn't going to matter. You know what I mean? But I don't think that's what this is about. So, um, you know, let me tell you my little story here, because i got to get going here in a couple minutes. But this worked out perfect, and I can tell you my story. Um, when we first started this, you know, uh, as I think you know, CJ's been on, like, on Sigalikes for, oh, I think, nine years now. Mm-hmm. Or not on, he's not on Sigalikes now, but I'm saying he, he, he's, he's been off cigarettes wait does he still have his darwin now. collection what's that does he still, yeah, have, a, still have a darwin does he have uh, several darwins yeah we have lots of darwins bastards okay go on <laughs> none of them work properly really though we probably have you know of all the ones we have we're lucky if we have one or two that actually work properly but regardless CJ's been vaping for a long time. We a lot of people call him grandfather vapor, joking when we bring this up in conversation. But you know, I was his good friend and smoking cigarettes for four of the nine years that he's been vaping. And when he started to turn me on to it, it was still Segalikes and it was still, you know, not a lot of like variety of flavors, China juice, that type of thing. And so I was like sort of into it, 
but I only really got into it because I convinced him to do the business. That's really what it was. It was like, wait a minute, this is helping me. This has helped me get from 20 cigarettes a day down to four cigarettes a day. And, and now we're playing around with mixing juice. Here we go, getting up, we're doing a business. And at the time, my mother, who was a lifelong smoker, was, you know, not really interested. I was trying to get her on it, but, you know, all, all it was was Sigalikes. We had the, the newest thing was that they had a button now. And um, so I'm, I'm trying to get her on it, but it was a typical, like, oh, you know, these are, they're metal, they're heavy, they don't really, it's not the same, you know, and it was just like, oh, whatever, you know, my mother's 53 years old and we're, we're starting this business. Well, one of the last, I don't remember when I, when is my, my quit day, so to speak. You know what I mean? I don't know when my last cigarette was and uh, it, it, it's somewhere in a period of, you know, like two months. But I know one of the last cigarettes that I ever had in my entire life was outside the funeral home when my mother passed away at 53 years of age from undiagnosed emphysema. And, you know, for me, it's sad to say, but I may still be a dual user if it wasn't for that happening to me. You know what I mean? While I was in the middle of making, making this, this great transition that we all found, but you know, 53 years is not enough. It's not enough for anyone. And it's certainly not enough for my kids who barely remember their grandmother. You know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. is not fair. And for our own government or our FDA or whoever the hell is responsible for whatever is going to happen, if they are going to do anything that denies access or affordability of vapor products to adult smokers, they are doing the biggest disservice that has ever been done to anyone in the history of the world. You know what I mean? It, it is the biggest public health catastrophe that will ever happen if they actually follow through with this bullshit that's going on right now. So, you know, not to bring the mood down with, with the dead mom stories, but uh, I'm sort of thankful that at least I'm going to get to see my great-grandchildren because I had the option to vape. No one's going to make you vape. No one's saying that, um, you know, vaping is better than quitting cold turkey. That's insanity. You know what I mean? But the bottom line is a lot of us, tried everything and it didn't work i'm that person so but before you leave here if you could tell the average vapor one thing that they could do right now to help not only themselves but all of the people out there that haven't made this switch yet what would that one thing be the average vapor. The average vapor that's out there right now needs to understand that each and every one of us are on the same playing field in this. You know what I mean? Each and every one of us have a voice, and each and every one of us have whatever it is that we do in our own lives, our own set of resources. Deep down inside each and every person, not just vapors, but deep down inside everyone. You know what you're good at. You know what you're, what you're meant to do. And if you can figure out a way to shoehorn that into helping vaping, do it. You know what I mean? And, and, and I mean, what we really need vapers to do right now is get out there and hit the shops and let the shops know 
that they need to be letting everyone know. This whole industry came up on grassroots from the ground up. And the, the thing we have to do right now is we have to focus on the fact that what we lack right now in the fight to save vaping, I hate to put it in that terminology, but, you know, what we need to win this overall is the most overwhelming surge of grassroots efforts that, that our government has ever seen. We need every vape shop in this country to be putting out literature so that their customers are aware of what is going on because there's too many people out there that are sitting back and don't even know that anything has happened. Or they're sitting there just thinking, oh, well, I'll just keep selling stuff and then I'll liquidate whenever they finally start making it a hassle. That's bullshit. And you don't need to go in there and get mad at people and throw a fit because they're not helping. You need to go in there and tell them how bad it is. You know what I mean? Tell them that, that, that all they need to do is put out some CASA information and tell their customers to call their congressmen and all that other stuff. And, and, you know, we need to spread that. If you're a shop owner and you're listening to this right now and you're already doing some of the stuff I'm talking about, then get some of your stuff and make five times as many copies and go and hit the road and hit the other shops and make sure they are doing the same thing that you're doing. You know what I mean? Or send one of your employees to go during an hour of dead time and run around to the other shops and drop off this stuff and just tell them, hey, you should give this out to your customers. As soon as they read the literature you're giving out, they'll be more educated than they were as shop owners, you know. But it's really, it's all about that grassroots. You know, the, the industry, the vaping community, every aspect of this thing hasn't been done by the book. We haven't done any of this like professionals or like traditional businessmen or industries do. But that's because we did it so hard in the organically grown, grassroots, old school style of growing something up. And now it's time that we really reach down deep and see how much of that we can do. You know, I mean, we're, we're getting, we're having offices that are contacting us and saying, Hey guys, we get it. We're considering doing something to help you guys. Can you call off the dogs? Can you get people to stop calling our offices? Can we do that? I don't know. Because vapors are crazy. And if vapors are blowing up a political office so bad that the office has to contact us back and say, hey, can you call off the dogs? I'm not sure that we can. We don't have the vapors on leashes. But if we have that going on in some local areas and in some states, we need that going on in all local areas. We need that going on in 50 states. We need everyone doing every little bit that they can. And it's not about sharing videos on Facebook and it's not about, you know, signing a petition and then going back to playing Call of Duty. It's about getting out there and doing something. It's about calling your congressman and if they don't listen to you, then you better call back tomorrow. And if they don't want to listen to you, then you should make it your little pet peeve to make sure they listen to you because that person is your boss or excuse me, you're that person's boss. You know what I mean? They, they, their boss you're talking to some staffer on the phone. Their boss, the politician, you're that person's boss. So if you call a congressman and you don't get the answer you want and they just put you off and they say you're going to send you an email and they don't send you an email, you better call them and you better say, hey, where's my fucking email? Oh, Do I need but to come into no, the office? I, I seriously highly recommend you not 
cuss at people in political office because they're crybabies and they can't take it. I know, I know. That was kind of a literal. Yeah, I know, I know. But no, but that is that would be exactly what I would say to them. Yeah, yeah. They treat you like trash. The only way to get them to understand it is to let them know. Listen, I know my rights. I requested a meeting, and you never even sent me an email. Can we work this out? Can you set me up with the person that will set me up with a meeting? If you if if you can go talk to someone. There's nothing wrong with going to have a meeting. The best thing that a vapor can do is go all the way with a, with an elected official like that and set up the meeting and go through with it because they don't have any restrictions. A vapor can say whatever they want. They can tell their story without having to worry about making cessation claims or any of this other nonsense. You know, and, and everyone's not going to be made up for that. But if you're not made up for that and you're someone who's really good on computers, then maybe you could help to make the literature that your local shops are handing out or maybe you can help them to put everything together so it's easier for them to handle and then and then you're doing your part and a lot of times if you don't have the money because you're just a regular vapor if you come with the right idea and you're willing to help with it the vendors might put the money up to make it happen you know so that's my overall super long-winded recommendation to everyone is just like think about it are you doing everything you could for vaping? Because if you're not, now is the time. It's like fourth and goal, pour it all out on the line. There's not going to be a second chance. You know, maybe it goes to overtime, but it, we need to push for that right now on every level. Well, we there's somebody on the phone, and I want to answer it because I think maybe they have a question for you. But before, be, after that, I have something I want to say to you before you go, too. So, um, 918, okay. who's this? It's Tanner. Hi, Tanner. How are we doing? Good. What's going on? Excellent. I'm just just listening, rolling down the road in here in Arizona. Um, actually, it doesn't it doesn't concern uh the your guest. I was it was a di it was a DIY question more than anything else. Oh well, guess what? But, he makes juice too. So go ahead and and ask your question because he might have an answer too. Okay. Since we got the seventy something days left, nicotine and flavorings. Look, I got enough VG to last me. I got two cubes of VG. So what is that? Eight gallons of VG. Will we still be able to get our nicotine and our flavorings, or are they going to have to classify it as something else just so we can get it? Um. Do I need to try to start start stocking up on a little bit of Nick every you know every month or so now? They have they have they have alluded to the fact that they are not concerned with DIY. Um, I would not put any stock in that statement either. Um, I I'm right. looking at um, and Andrew, you've read the TBD, right? You you've seen what they're doing. Right. To and, the- and my opi- my opinion on that is. You know, they, they have said directly that they're not that they have no jurisdiction over someone making their own liquid for personal use. The FDA doesn't get involved in consumers um, and what they do for their own consumption on their own. So it doesn't become an issue until you become a retailer where you're selling that product to someone else. But right. that doesn't necessarily mean that you know, I mean, I don't think there's any way of knowing at this point um, how 
far as the enforcement arms of the FDA are going to go and how quickly that is going to operate. And I, you know, I really don't have any information about the specifics about, um, you know, the imports on these things. And that's where a lot of the answers to those questions are going to come in. Um, it doesn't seem at this point that, con- I mean, consumers of any product are not affected by any FDA rules. You know what I mean? So that's kind of why um, most areas it's legal to smoke if you're underage. It's just not legal to sell it to someone underage. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of that that's built into this because the FDA can't create law. They can only create regulations that are, you know, laws in disguise. But um, what's not clear is how quickly and stringent this is going to be on the importing of products and, you know, um, a, a decent amount of, of nicotine that, that's being used is, is imported. So um, if it becomes an issue where, it, where, where supply is limited, then, then, you know, any, who knows at that point. And I, I, and I, believe that, I believe that a U.S. distributor of nicotine um, would fall under regulation. Um, and and they have not said that. Uh, they have not said yay or nay to that. That that's what I'm more concerned. That's what I'm more concerned of. Whether I buy, you know, like we have Heartland. I I work out of Oklahoma City. We have Heartland vapes. They're a mile from our yard. Uh, literally a mile from their yard. I walked in. I can buy whatever I want to from them. You know, but will they be able to sell it to me in 70, you know, in well, 70 something days or biggest you know, thing I'm going to tell you Tanner OS, is uh, you ask know, them. Stop. Ask ask walk into Heartland and ask Ty. You know, say hey Ty, what have you checked into? How is this going to affect you, which is going to affect me purchasing my products? That's what I would do Tanner. Go well, go ask Ty and well, see like what Ty from, says. I I believe I, I believe, and and um, don't quote me on this, but I believe there is a nicotine level restriction. Um, I want to say it was like sixty milligram or something that was that was obscene. Like it was something that people wouldn't vape. But like I said, don't quote me on that because I might be thinking of the TPD. I don't even know. There's so much stuff. I think the TPD is is only like twenty milligrams yeah, the max is. that you can sell in Europe now. And but a ten mil bottle. I, I'm, Nothing Excuse bigger than a ten mil bottle. Yeah, ten mil bottle yeah, and, and twenty milligrams. And I think somewhere in the in the regs, maybe it wasn't in the regs. Maybe it, uh, maybe I'm just confused. But like I said, I think there was some level where they said you're not allowed to sell higher than this. So if that's the case, you'd want to look into that. But again, I mean, there's so much stuff, and um, I think what's what's really important, you know, from my perspective, not to steal the guy's DIY question, but there's that's no. All right. All right. There's no world for anyone that's workable, not for businesses, not for consumers, not for the regular old Joe who already makes his own juice and makes his own coils. It's even going to become difficult for those people because a lot of those people are reliant on the businesses that are in this industry. And the fact is the businesses in this industry don't stand any chance. You know, I, 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 I answer people's questions all day long sometimes about all the right. intricate specifics of this and I, don't, I just really think that the only real answer is that we need to get rid of this FDA deeming regulation Absolutely. and we need to figure out a way where they cannot deem us anything and instead we will be deemed as exactly what we are the breakthrough technology that's going to be a beacon of hope for future generations of smokers you know what I mean 
So yeah, um, and I still ca- and I care about I care and love all my friends that still smoke. Look, some of them have tried vaping. They say hey, it's not for us. And I just tell them, hey, you know what? It's not for everybody. If you, if you can do it off the gum or the patches, I just tell them stay away from Shantex because I've got two friends that have taken that stuff and they had wicked nightmares. And I just said just don't take it. But if vaping's not for you, I'm not. I don't. I don't care. But what I care about is me still staying off the cigarettes. Cause at the end of the month, I'll be two years smoke free. You know, without a cigarette. I. You know, that's all. I, I just. I just don't want to smoke. And who knew? I didn't know two years ago that, well, I'm going to be a CASA member and a vaping militia member and I'm going to be mixing my own stuff and building my own coils and all this. Look, I just wanted to stop smoking, just like everybody yep. else. Who no. knew we'd have yep. to do any of this crap? But see, and there's, no, and, and I said this to begin with at the beginning of this, uh, um, I, I never intended to quit smoking. It was completely by accident. Uh, the only reason I tried an e-cig was to make my husband happy. And and it worked that fast. But I never had any hope that it was going to work because everything else I had ever tried failed miserably. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't... Tried it all, too. I, I wasn't... I didn't I have a single expend, whenever, uh, expectation. About it. So, I mean, there's, there's that. So, well, did we you answer what, what you needed? I, I encourage... I encourage DIYers to look into this stuff and ask the questions that businesses might not even care about. Because the fact is, when it's all said and done, if we can't get rid of these FDA regs, I think that we'll all be thankful that a lot of people out there that are just regular vapors had their stuff down and took care of at least one future generation of smokers after the black market days and all that, you know what I mean? Like, it's a shame to say, and I can't even believe, like, that's, that's where we're at right now, but there might be a point where we're going we're gonna to need people like you to keep this whole thing going for a little while while we continue to fight and fight and fight after these regulations go final. But these regulations go final, you know, we'll, we'll be glad that people sorted out what, the, what it was going to look like and stocked up if they needed to because the truth is, it's uncertain. Nobody knows. You know, nobody knows if you're going to need to stock up. No one knows if I'm going to need to stock up at this point. It's, it's, it's too unclear because they just dance in circles and they don't want to tell the real fact. That they I would am, rather that vaping just go away than figure out what it is that it exactly is. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a prepper, but I do live in Podunk. Um, Andrew kind of knows where I'm from. He's at least heard of the, of the town i got to drive 30 miles to get to that has a Walmart. Um but so hey, same year, hey, forty miles for us for a Walmart. Yeah, so You're lucky. We so got forty miles for a Walmart. Yeah, while I am not a prepper, um, I do believe in being prepared for everything, and um, and I said this when I did the DIY show with Wayne. Um, my biggest thing that I am going to tell people is you should always be prepared. You should always have what you think you're going to need. But I think the most important thing right now is that people get involved in this fight and, and try to keep vaping available, not not only for themselves, but for all the people that are smokers. And I, I'm not trying to tell people that I think everybody should turn into some giant bleeding heart. If you're a hermit, asshole, socially unacceptable jackass, then fine. Worry about just yourself. Go ahead. But... Yeah, I, I tried calling in whenever, whenever you had Wayne on. I was, 
Yeah. That was a great show. Yeah, for, I, for everybody else that's out there. Your phones weren't working, so. Um, everybody else that's out there should, you know, always be be prepared. You know, take take care of yourself, but um, take take part in the fight because it's it's important in, and it goes farther and reaches farther and it and affects more than just you. And try to get people that aren't vapors involved because it it affects them whether they realize it or not. It does affect them. Um, we have we live in a country where our government gets more and more control away from us and in their hands because they go after this little area and they think, okay, well we'll be able to slide this through because eighty percent of the people don't give a fuck, and then they go to something else. And they look at something else and they say, oh, well, we'll be able to slide this through because a different 80% don't give a fuck. And that's how they, and that's how they manage. The Nazi regime, huh? Well, and that's how they manage all of this stuff. Um, So, like I said, I I really honestly believe that that public perception is a big thing for us. Um, And I, I believe that Congress and lawsuits are probably our only savior here one of those two things and and maybe it's going to take one of those things to cause the other thing to take care of it but you know um yeah we we could we we can hope that the predicate date gets changed but even if the predicate date gets changed there's there's still a lot of problems you know the predicate change would would be great but it is not a full-blown solution no, because it's still it's doesn't it still limit to like 2015? I mean, look, we have great products now. Look, I have one, two, three, four DNA 200s in my truck right now. I absolutely love them. But that predicate date date dates before that. So I mean, we're still not. I mean, even if we do have that predicate date, it's still the innovation's still gonna stop, wouldn't it? Yes. Whether they go back to 07 or 2015. I mean, new products still aren't going to come out. Like I yeah, said. Yeah, the, the, the predicate date, I believe, especially with the new one, would be changed to the date, the, the probably August 8th. So, okay. um So we'd be, we'd be okay with what's on the market regardless, but it's undeniable how much better the hardware is now compared to a few years ago. And... I started knowing, with a Tesla 15 watt and a Nautilus, uh, the uh, the original Nautilus. And, and you know what? The fact is, I'm still using a Nautilus. So I mean, I'm using a a Triton Mini right now, but I still use a Nautilus coil. And and if you go if you go from there, and you go back, you know, three four years, how much better it got to there, and how much better it's gotten to now, yeah. and how much more there is to go and. What we, you know, for, as vapors, we talk about this like, oh, we got more vapor, we got more flavor, this works better, I can vape better. But when we're talking about it from the perspective of smokers, think about how much better the products are nowadays than those old cartomizers where you used to get burnt hits on them all the time or something, you know, more equivalent. Anything, you know, if you had like CE4s or if you had, you know, the old pro tanks, I mean, there's certain, there's, there's, there's better options for everyone. And when it comes down to like burnt hits are, are no good for you. And not many people that are vaping nowadays are seeing that, but, you know, we could make this product even better. 
you hear the studies, you know, 95% less harmful and things like that. Those numbers should go to 99. Those numbers should go to, you know, the the extremes of like, hey, this is almost completely there. You know what I mean? And they're just going to say, nope, you're lucky. You got the predicate date. We kept all your products on the market, but we're never going to come out with any, you're never going to come out with anything new that might work for a different type of smoker. You're never going to come out with any new technology that makes it even better than vaping already was. Nope, you guys are going to be stuck like this forever. Yeah, you're never you're never going to be allowed to find a different base that that might be uh, less reactive for some people. You're never none of that. Yeah, no. Yep. I mean, it's. Well, I've still got. I've got friend. I've got a friend of mine. He pulls a tanker, and he says, "Oh, well, anytime I smell that stuff, it still smells like radiator fluid." I I explode. I said it's not. I said I said if it's vegetable glycerin, I said it's used in hospitals. It's used in toothpaste. It's used in everything else. Or I guess, I guess it's the PG that's used in all that. I said, look. I, I said, okay. I just say, okay. Okay. Well, you continue to smoke, you know, and I'll continue to vape. I, I can't, you know. What are you What are you going to say? Well, it smells like, you know, hey. Or and then I hear these people, these idiots, that say, well, there's studies that shows that it's worse than cigarettes. Like, well, show me. Show me. I'd like to see it. I'd like to read it. I'd like to know who sponsored it. Did Big Tobacco or did Big did uh, did Big Pharma sponsor it? Because that's probably who did it. Well, I'll tell you what. One thing that, that's great is that we have this Royal College of Physicians report. And I know that, you know, to the average vapor, that just seems like another great study on top of the pile of great studies that we've seen for years. But the fact is the RCP is one of the most renowned medical institutions worldwide. And if you can convey the fact, even remember the date, 1962 was when the Royal College of Physicians first reported, first people in the world to report that smoking cigarettes causes cancer. And two years later in 1964 is when the U.S. Surgeon General reported similar. Okay. So if the, if the Royal College of Physicians just put out a report, 95% less harmful, recommending all adult smokers switch to vapor products immediately, you sh- if you can tell people these guys were the first ones to the game with smoking and the Surgeon General was two years behind them, well, guess what? Maybe it's just ironic, but we got a two-year clock that's ticking starting on August 8th. And you think the Surgeon General is going to catch up in the next two years? I sure That's hope so. Of, you know. Yeah. I so what happens then? You think they, you think oh well we were a bunch of idiots so we're gonna we're gonna reverse that we're just gonna oh well let nothing even happen just go back to what you were doing. I think we have to win this. I don't before, think that's going to happen. We don't I, have that much I, time. I, not, I think yeah. we need, I think we need to focus and and every vapor and every vendor in this fight should look at this like we have six months to really make an impact and really start to make a change. And we're not going to, we're not going to figure it all out in six months. Now but is I mean, when it six counts Months to move the needle six months to change some of this perception, especially in the, in the political landscape and six months to start moving the needle when it comes to the media and the public perception. And if we don't all do everything that we can, if we don't all email our favorite radio show and try and get me an interview there or try and get, you know, something going or try and get them focused on the FDA prohibition, or if we don't all really get out there and, and, and get the shops active and all that, 
if we sit back and we're sitting here a year from now doing the same show saying, what are we going to do? I think we're fucked. Mm. That's where I, that's what I think. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, it is, it's now All or right, never. Jeannie. All right, bye, Tanner. Hey, thanks for calling. Hey, just put awesome. me back on hold. Hey, it's good talking to y'all. There's there's another one on hold too, Andrew. Do you want me to let you go first? Oh. Uh, how about you? Let them in and, oh, hold on. And if they don't have something, okay. No, I no. Whoever it was, it was really really loud. So okay. I I stuck them back on hold. Um, but I I will let you well, go though, dear. And come back anytime. Do well, you have Andrew. any questions for me? I mean, do I? Not, I asked like, you my questions. Specific about that. Yeah, I asked you my questions. Um, the webinar, the webinar okay. just really—it was a bunch of fucking non-answers to me, and the answers that they actually did give were were nightmarish to me. Um, did you listen to Dimitri and Tony today? I didn't get a chance. I'm gonna hopefully you, catch the replay. Yeah, I didn't either. I'm gonna there's, have there's to. There's been a lot of these things. I, I'm, I'm backed up on my podcasts and my and my things because there's been so much content over the past couple of weeks and I've been I've been spending so much time on the phone. I've been joking my shoulder is kind of jacked up the last couple of days and it feels like it's just from holding my hand in the phone position mm-hmm. for way too many hours a day. Yep. You know what I mean? But um no but what was there was it good? I mean I didn't like I said I didn't I didn't get a chance to check that out but I didn't get to listen to it, and that's why I was asking you. Um, oh. I'm going to have to go back through and listen to the replay, too. Um, today was one of them days where I checked out of social media. Uh, I just did, <laughs> because about the fourth question that was, you know, uh, well, you know, we know what we're going to do to get around this. And I'm like, ah. I just get really frustrated yeah. hearing people sit and, and have these long, lengthy debates on how they're going to, you know, work around it. Um, versus getting off their ass and, and fighting it. That that well, bugs you know, me. Well, it's, it's kind of it's cheesy to say it because it's, it's like our tagline, but the thing is, no matter what happens here, and you've made it pretty clear this is your opinion too, we're all in this together, win or lose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and it's not, like you said, it's not just us the vaping community it's not just the vendors and the vapors and the chinese manufacturers and how big tobacco has a part in it there's a lot more people out there that have a lot more to lose than us losing our businesses because some of these politicians that have their names on this stuff that are going to bury us some of these people at the fda mitch zeller himself probably has a friend that is continuing to smoke and his opportunity to vape is about to go up in smoke. You know what I mean? And someday Mitch Zeller and all these politicians and Obama and anyone else you know, your next-door neighbor and your mailman, all these people are going to witness what the, the effect that smoking has on us as people. And it affects way more than just the person that goes in the ground at 53 from emphysema like my mother. You know what I mean? It affects everyone. And that is not fair 
and it is certainly not fair that there's so many people out there in the political and the media and everywhere else that are pushing these agendas and they're not even thinking about fair people that are going to be robbed of the ability, of the hope that vapor products might offer them someday. So, like I said, no matter what, we have to do it like that. We're all together, win or lose. I completely agree. And it's nice to see that that a lot of people are understanding that now. Not a lot of people. A lot more people are understanding that now. Yeah. And so. you know what? It's A part of me thinks that, you know, it, it sucks that it, it had to get this bad before people really jumped on board. But so much more of me just knows that everyone was just waiting to pounce on it. You know what I mean? And all these people... They've been getting pissed the whole time, and now they're getting all their customers pissed. And it's it, it's going to work. We just need to keep pushing, and we just need to keep keep that passion that we've always had, and and let it just burn ten times stronger than ever right now. You know. So see, I didn't have any put you on the spot questions. Well, that's good. And I wish I, I wish I would have had more beer, but I I only had uh, two beers in my fridge, so oh damn, I, I should have told first, you, like, yeah, the show. yeah, that's like almost a prerequisite. Um, there's a drinking game on this show. Oh geez, well maybe then I'll, I'll definitely have to come back and do another interview. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, every time I say no, fuck, seriously, I want to I want to thank you for having me. Um, like I said, I know we probably should have done this a lot sooner, but there's no no better time and no better reason to do it. And I want to encourage any of your listeners to reach out to me. Um, I'm pretty open as far as, you know, I'm not like super popular where I, I don't have time to, to help people. And if anyone's out there wants to follow me or, or friend request me on Facebook or something like that, if they have any questions or if they're looking for certain information or anything like that, I mean, I, we, we, you know, we put out videos and our videos have taken a, a pretty heavy shift towards the advocacy and activism angle, you know, towards fighting for our right to vape and stuff. So Your store wanna, windows. You know, if people Tell like them. what they heard and they want to keep up with me, find us. We're, uh, we're Vapor Trail, VaporTrail.com, WNY Vapor Trail is our tag for Instagram and a couple other things. Tell them about your WNY shop windows. Vapor. What's that? Tell them about your shop windows. Cause you didn't get oh, enough. Yeah, we, we that our... didn't get that didn't get publicized anywhere near enough. Um, I I was expecting to see. And by the way, guys, he's Andrew J Osborne on Facebook. Um, but I was expecting shop after shop after shop after shop after shop to pick up on that and do that exact thing. So tell everybody about your shop windows because that was fucking awesome. By the way. Yeah, we just, uh, we plastered, and you can see this in our in our most recent video that's on my Facebook now, um, we just plastered our windows with signs letting everyone know, you know, it's, it's, it's time to make the calls, uh, you know, vapors are our former smokers, and, and the FDA is going to ban 99.9% of, of these vapor products, so we kind of, um, it, it, it's more of a publicity stunt than anything, especially locally, but you know what, you watch out the front window of my shop through the, the little spots that you can still see out of and people are turning their heads as they drive by and those people aren't smokers those people aren't vapors they're just like hey what's going on vapor trailer place has been here for years they're going out of business what's the, you know and, and we're having some people come in the shop 
who are just neighbor, you know, people from the neighborhood wondering what's going on and asking questions. And, you know, if you can get some non-vapers and some non-smokers to call in and say, you know, stop messing around with these businesses. They're just trying to help people. That's huge. You know what I mean? So, um, we're, we're trying to do a lot of stuff like that. And I don't know how far our reach is right now. I don't know how far our reach can get. That's part of the reason why I'm doing shows like this and just trying to get out there more with the vaping community and stuff like that. And with anyone that, that's, you know, outside the vaping community, especially, but, um, we're trying to be an example. We're trying to lead by example here and do some things that, um, the vaping community can be proud of and that they can pick up and run with, you know, I'm getting a lot of people who are like, Oh, can I share your stuff or can I steal your idea? It's like, no, you're not stealing our idea, dude. We're putting it out there because we want everyone to do this. We want everyone to come up with their own ideas. I want to see people, I want to see pictures of, of ideas that I haven't come up with so I can say, Oh, there you go. That's a great idea. We're going to steal that. We're doing it. You know what I mean? But, um, we just got to ex- keep expanding that network and, and keep spreading the message to all of the shops. Cause the, the missing link in this whole thing for the past couple of years has been the regular old vapor that just walks into a vape shop, buys his juice and his coils and walks out and doesn't come back for another month. And the fact is we might only have two or three more opportunities to reach that person before doomsday here. So we need to be active now so when that monthly, regular old guy who just doesn't smoke anymore happens to walk in the shop, we can blast him with it. We can get him pissed off, and we can give him all the information he needs to fight back if that's the type of person that he is. So, again, you know, it's all kind of the same thing, but we gotta we got to do it. We're together, win or lose, and I really, really don't want to lose at this point. I'm with you on that one. Okay. Go spend time with your wife. All right. Well, thank you very much. Well, thank I enjoyed this thoroughly, and uh, I, I might even listen back to it just because sometimes I like to hear myself talk. Oh Jesus! I you know what? I have honestly never listened to one. Um, I had, I did, I I haven't. I can't stand the sound of my own voice. I don't understand why people listen to this show every week, week after week after week. I love you for it, people. I do, but I don't know how you can do it. Um, but yeah, I well, had to go. Glad, I had to go back and re-listen to one because you know. I got to spread my, my words here, and I hope that people like what I had to say. And you know, like I said, feel free to reach out to me, follow us, and uh, go along for the ride with us. If you need any advice or if you got some some people that are headed the wrong direction and you need some help pointing them in the right direction, you know, lean on me if, if you feel necessary, and I'll, and I'll try and help guide people to the promised land as much as possible. Thank you, kiddo. And if there's ever right, anything, you. anytime you ever want to come back, something you want to say, even if it's, you know, 30 seconds, you are always welcome back on here. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. All righty. I will be talking to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye-bye. And honestly, guys, um, that's all we got for tonight. <laughs>